Did you know the average movie costs way more than you'll probably ever make in your entire lifetime? Movies are an expensive business, and when they crash, they crash hard. But why'd they fail? Was it bad timing, a bad film, or just bad luck? Let's take a look and try to see where it went wrong, if you could have seen it coming, and what wounds turned out to be fatal. I'm Matt. I'm Steve. And this... is the autopsy report. So Steve, what would you do in a world full of water? Uh, I would I would drown pretty quickly. Yeah, you'd, I can't you'd die, swim. You'd well. die real quick. I can f- I could float. Like I could I could float my way around. You could be uh, I mean you could survive um, just by uh, wearing an absurd amount of kitty floaties all over your arms and legs. Yeah, no, I think that would be You look like, like the Michelin man. <laughs> yes, that'd be a blue Blue, maybe pink and green Michelin man. It'd be like a rainbow-colored Michelin man just floating around. Just soaking in the rays? Yeah. Well, then, I mean, the rays that get through the... Or get past the uh, floaties. I think it'd have, like, wicked tan lines. Yeah, that wouldn't, be, that wouldn't be a great look. So, what would you do in a world full of water? If I lived in a world full of water, I would develop fish gills... So that I could breathe underwater. Right, right. Of course you <laughs> Because would. that's the first thing you want to do. Do you just will yourself into fish gills? I believe there's some, there's some type of um, fish intercourse that has to happen at some point in your family What line. about your feet? Oh, I'd wear um, giant, what are those called? The flippers? Like the, like the swimmer scuba flippers? It's like the swimmer flippers. The scuba Scuba the flippers. swimmers don't wear those. They just use natural talents. No, I, I no. <laughs> Michael Phelps does not wear flippers. His feet are flippers. Well, he has gigantic he's, feet. He's I a assume. fish man. I don't know. He would do well in Waterworld, actually. Michael Phelps would Mike, kill Mike, it. Michael Phelps would have been just chasing down the smokers <laughs> by, like, breaststroking after him. Exactly, yeah. No, he would... They're he like, would, we can't outrun I don't know if breaststroke is the, is the fastest one, though. Is it the freestyle? Maybe a butterfly. I don't know. I'm just throwing out any stroke I know. Other than my grandfather's stroke. Oh... <laughs> You will always do a complete autopsy, including head, neck, and trunk. A partial one is never enough. Let's not do anything rash here. I mean, uh, are you sure she's worth all this? I mean, she never does stop talking. She never shuts up. I noticed. What is it then, huh? It's the map. She's my friend. Golly gee, a single tear rolls down my cheek. I mean, you're gonna die for your friend. If it comes to that. In 1995, Universal Pictures was hoping the search for dry land would flood not the earth, but the movie theaters. Audience were rushing out to see the latest collaboration from then Hollywood star Kevin Costner, who was really in his prime then. Well, that's true. That's very true. He had a lot of clout back then. And director Kevin Reynolds, who was making a name for himself. They're both, both of them were coming off of uh, uh, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. Right, that's right. But, uh, but yeah, so Waterworld has quite the stigma. Uh, to me, the stigma is that it's the greatest, un, uh, I mean, one of the greatest unappreciated movies. Mm. To others, it's known for the, the massive stigma it had as, at the time as, as a box office bomb. And had a lot of production drama, and it ended up uh, actually having the largest budget ever at the time the movie came out. 
Right. Uh, only until Titanic, right? Yes, which is kind of, uh, I think there's some points to be made there later. Um, uh, for those of you, first of all, who haven't had the pleasure of seeing Waterworld, which is a pleasure, everybody should check mm. this movie out. Uh, don't you grumble. <laughs> um, I mean, it's a film that depicts Kevin Costner peeing into a machine, which he then, which cleans his pee. For he could drink it again. Right. And that's right, right off the bat almost, I believe, we see that That's thing. Yeah, the first thing you see of Kevin Costner is his, his ass and these weird leather pants. Skin tight leather pants. And it's pants. like, oh. And then he's, oh, he's pissing into a cup. And then he dumps it into this weird gizmo. And uh, then he drinks it. Speaking of those alarmingly skin tight pants, uh, I'd actually read an IMDb trivia that... The crew was pouring buckets of water on Kevin between takes in order to keep that yes. nice wet look. Because, you know, girls like a wet, real he's, wet. He's the mariner, so he's got to be wet he's all the time. He's got to be wet. <laughs> Just dripping wet. And it's the only way to get in those pants, probably. Oh, God. <laughs> got to soak up first. Are those the best thing to wear uh, in, in a water world? In a world of water? In a world leather of water. Pants? Leather clothing and... Uh, I mean, is if that you swim a lot like he does? Like, is that is that super far off from like the the type of suits scuba divers wear? I know it's not leather, but it's those like, aren't leather. They're, I mean, it I, looks I don't know. leathery. I I just I feel like it's a poor choice in the. Where do you get leather? Water. It's probably not leather. It's probably like whale hide or something. Maybe maybe it's whale. Flesh. It's that weird creature that he lures. The giant eat. fish. The giant fish thing that's really... The gigantic One fish. VFX shot that they're just never seen again or mentioned. So I feel... Oh, so I feel we got to sum it up a little better for people that might not have seen it. Oh, um, good point. Yeah. In short, uh, Waterworld could be summed up as Mad Max and water. Yeah. Um, it's a post-apocalyptic movie where the world has uh, been flooded by global warming because Al Gore was right and beat... You know, this movie beat Al Gore to the punch. By a significant amount. It did, amount. by a, like a decade <laughs> at least. And so, yeah. And they actually have, which one of my favorite um, inclusions of a studio logo in any movie ever. That's a good point, actually. That was kind of cool. When they, it opens up the movie before you see his butt in those ridiculously tight, wet pants, it shows the universal globe, and then you see the ice caps start to melt, and the water slowly spreads yeah, over the universal globe. It all globe. recedes, and, and it, it zooms in through the clouds to this like big, epic chopper shot that like comes in all the way down to his weird boat thing. Yeah, the little tritune he's got. Um, the, weird, the funny thing is, I think, did they have that shot planned from the beginning? Like, was it like this movie's being made at Universal, or it's not being made because we need that fucking Universal? Logo? I mean, maybe that was that could have been the entire reason they made this film. It's like, oh man, what if the Universal logo like just flooded? It just flooded into nothing because the ice caps melted, and then it was Mad Max like, but on water. Yes, this is just total like <laughs> some guys got stoned in a dorm room one night at USC and just like, ah, we got this idea for a movie. And they're like, yeah, but what else are we going to do? What if, what if he could breathe and underwater? Then, and then six <laughs> writers and 15 drafts later, whatever it was. Yeah, it was a ridiculous amount of drafts. Like, like 30 something, I believe. Was, uh... I, uh, if you go by the IMDB FAQ, which is, uh, or not the FAQ, the fun facts, the trivia, always take those with a grain of salt, but they're, they're fun. That's what we're using for this because, you know. It's our fucking podcast, so. Uh, uh, and according to this, it says 36 different drafts, which involves six different writers. I mean, you know, a draft change could be, it could subtle. be minimal. Yeah. Could, or it could be, you know, 
um, adding blimps out of nowhere. All right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, anyway, so the world floods. People continue to survive on this world full of water and floating cities or what have you. And there's also some warring factions, including a faction called the Smokers, who are living off an old tanker uh, that still has some oil on it's it. the Exxon Valdez, actually. Yes. Very, very subtle. Very uh, timely in the, the mid-90s. <laughs> yeah. And, and so they have, and there the Smokers have the only fuel u- usable crafts, like jet skis and speedboats right. and anything right. that might need oil. And... Uh, and then a little girl shows up with a tattoo on her back in a myth that it's a it points or leads you rather to dry land. Dry land. Dirty land. Dirty land. Dirty land. <laughs> and also Kevin Costner is of course a fish mutant. Yeah, I know that uh that was not a I see I just watched this the first time uh last night actually. And I grew up watching this. And uh that was definitely not expected the the gills behind the ears moment. The old like, fish oh. mutant twist. Oh, yeah, okay. Because I I feel like you mentioned that in passing and I didn't really compute it. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he's a mutant. That explains that the scene before that where he's down underwater for like an hour and a half. It's uh, it's it's fascinating. Like, does, does he adapt that? I mean, obviously he's, he's adapted to this world of water, this so-called water world. As everyone has, but, uh, but not to that extent. But not to that, yeah, he's got the fit and he's got webbed toes, but not hands. That'd be too well, obvious. Yeah, it's too he far. He can't have webbed it's too hands. Far. Yeah. And even the webbed toes, like, the, like, mediocre makeup effects aside, like, they didn't even look that webbed that they would make that much of a difference, to be honest. Well, you've obviously never swam with webbed toes. Clearly I have not. Um... The Waterworld, at first glance, is not a traditional box office bomb. Um, you might look at it now and you'll see that, uh, oh, the Waterworld made $264 million uh, worldwide wow. at the box office. Look at that. And it d- looks all right. But when this movie came out, it was a huge deal because it was the most expensive movie ever at the time. And um, the numbers don't quite add up to profitable like you might think, which we'll get into. Yeah, I mean, uh, it opened at number one. It was number one for the first two weekends it was out. Yeah, and it, it opened, to, and uh, I mean, when this movie was first coming out, I mean, it was, had a lot of bad press. Uh, critics were calling it Kevin's Gate. Oh, yeah. In a reference to the, the Heaven's Gate, uh, which was a notorious flop before that. Right. And um, the budget had, as we have stated, uh, had ballooned to larger than anything everybody's anything anybody's ever seen at 175 million dollars is what the the budget it was originally only supposed to be 100 million dollars 75 of that to kevin costner yeah maybe who knows but before this before the bomb i want to talk about the expectations items he will need at the crime scene include Notebook, stethoscope, laboratory thermometer, rubber gloves, clean forceps, and new knife blades. Let's talk about Kevin Costner. Where was he then? Yeah. As opposed to now. I mean, I think coming into 1955... 1955. 1950, he was not alive. The year he was born. He was not alive actually. yet, coming into 55. Was yeah, he? it was he, January 18th, so just he just... Uh, Ooh. All right, you got to look at the bodyguard, obviously. 
Yeah. And then and Dances with Wolves right before that. Dances with Wolves in 1990, which was a huge success, earned two earned 424 million dollars on a 19 million dollar budget. That's living the dream right there. And he directed it, of course, which is will be uh, of course is a uh, that actually is domino a- effect, which will affect Waterworld. <laughs> And, uh, I mean, the combination of Kevin and Kevin was a recipe for success. Yeah. With Reynolds. I mean, Reynolds hit the scene running, being a writer of uh, Red, uh, not, yes, Red Dawn. Oh, is that, okay. See, I didn't really know much about Kevin Reynolds before this. Yeah, he was the writer of Red Dawn. And then he advised Kevin Costner on Dances with Wolves. He wasn't the director, but he helped him out, gave him some advice, stuff like that. And then they would end up teaming right after that. For Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. This is not to be confused with Robin Hood, Men in Tights, correct? Yes. Different, different movie. Different movie. Yeah. Uh, also not the Robin Hood starring the fox. The animated? Yeah, you might have well, thought that okay. was the same one, but it was not. Uh. But Prince of Thieves was a huge success. It, it earned $390 million on a $50 million budget. Goddamn. So, yeah, so okay, they so were, the they expectations were, were like, all right, Kevin Costner brings in the monies. Yeah, and I mean, like you said, Bodyguard, Field of Dreams, JFK, all before this. Bodyguard, $122 million, uh domestic, and didn't even open number one. And it's uh, an estimated budget of N.A. Thanks a lot, Box Office Mojo. <laughs> you helped a lot. But I would say... Regardless of the numbers for The Bodyguard, it's like a pop culture, you know, it's a legendary yeah. film. I mean, you get Whitney Houston and the music. and it, like, was, it was, I mean, yeah, it was definitely a success. And all these are success, success, success. So yeah. now we, and then. It's, it's so becoming the decade of Kevin Costner. When you're Universal and they say, hey, we got this movie. It's got Kevin Costner. It's got Ryan Reynolds. $100 million. Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds probably was like Oop, yeah. 15 years old at that point. Well, they wish they would have had him. Imagine, imagine Ryan Reynolds in those pants. I'll let you do that. <laughs> I guess Deadpool's pants are probably pretty tight. That's, that's very similar. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the Kevin and Kevin connection, I mean, it seems like a recipe for success. It uh, had a lot going for it, but uh, it didn't go so well. No. And uh, so, yeah, so like you said, it opened number one. Um, despite, you know, some critics being down in this movie before it came out, because at that point, all the production drama had started to get to the press and they had heard about the budget inflating from a hundred million to 175 million. And, uh, this doesn't even of course factor in marketing when you look at the, when you look at the box office revenue, which is the big thing. The big thing to take into account when I said that, that $264 million, when you're thinking, well, $264 it made, but it only cost $175. Uh, wrong. Wrong. So Wrong, sir. <laughs> typically, I would say that what a lot of people do, because they never disclose usually full cost, mm-hmm. is marketing is you just double the production budget is the, the train of thought. So if you're looking at doubling the production budget, I would say you double the original production budget since <laughs> the, the other budget was all extra. So you're looking at $100 million probably for marketing. So that puts you at $275 million, the cost of this movie approximately, with marketing. And with a, with a profit of 264 you just lost $11 million. Yes. I mean, that's not, that's not awful. But that's the problem is, the, is that 
it took a long time for it to actually make a to make any money mm-hmm. To, mm-hmm. To, to to break even if if you are if it actually did I mean that's the thing we'll never know, know for sure but we can go off of the numbers that we can find Repo- reports have said the movie eventually made a profit thanks yeah. to DVDs video sale and all that stuff like and that. my my three ninety nine last night <laughs> to watch three, it on three ninety nine on, on Amazon demand. that one actually is what pushed it over I just <laughs> brought it in I just completely ruined it for this podcast. Kevin Costner just got his first revenue check for profits thanks to two you. cents. Uh, to compare though, like that that year, um, it came out. Apollo thirteen came out like four or five weeks before it, mm-hmm. debuting at number one with twenty five million. So it was already underperforming, you know, the other so called blockbusters of the mm-hmm. of the 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 week that time of year. Was it summer? When did it? Yeah, July twenty eighth. You know, right in the heart of uh, blockbuster season. Although ninety five was that, this was was, emer- the, was the summer. When did the summer become like the summer of big tentpole, <sighs> big budget movies? They often credit Jaws as the first oh, blockbuster okay. movie, and then I think movies like Jurassic Park really made the tentpole thing a game. Okay, when Jurassic Park came and just teared it up at the box office. So that would have been what a year before ninety four. Is that when Jurassic Park came I think? out? 90, 93 or 94, I feel like. That's my, that's my educated guess. 93. Okay. So Jurassic Park right, came so out. So two years before. So needless to say, there was a lot riding on, on uh, Waterworld to be success, and it did not, did not go well. So uh, why? Let's talk about why. What went wrong? Is that a, that's my, is that a segment change music? Well done. Observe the wounds without disturbing them at this time. So it turns out, uh, filming on water, super problematic. Yes. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Super expensive. Um, And I think the big correlation to show this is at this point, Waterworld becomes the most expensive movie at all time. They add $75 to their original, almost doubling the production budget. Yeah, no, that's, that's insane. Um... And the movie that ends up passing Waterworld for the most expensive, Titanic, shot on water. Also, shit ton of water. Now, they at least had a more controlled atmosphere with their water. Uh, mm-hmm. Waterworld shot in, off of Hawaii, mm-hmm. and uh, well, they built that... They, what's the, what's the, the giant um, thing at the beginning he, gets, he goes to? It's like, like a city. It's the like a city. city. It's like a floating city, but it's all metal, which also yeah. I didn't really get. Like, is it? Is it? Is it like? What What is keeping that up? Is it if like? It's yeah, all, is it it's going looks into like it's the in, into the ocean and like. It looks like it's made of rusted metal. It is made of rusted. And it's made of steel. How rusted metal does all, not float, to my knowledge. All of the steel in Hawaii. They literally bought all of the the steel in Hawaii to build this. And I had to get more even from the mainland United States because they needed, they just didn't have enough. It cost uh, an absurd amount of money to build this city, which is, you know, a good good example of why this thing went so horribly un- over budget. Mm-hmm. So you got, it still doesn't, it still boggles me how that city, and I, I never thought about that. Yeah, it's how like, is how, that, does it how is that floating? How does it float? Is it, are there like giant 
inflatable things underneath the whole thing. Maybe there's just a bunch of bloated corpses. Like, everybody that dies, that, they just shove, no, shove granny up under the metal. Speaking of the corpses, he gets to the city, and we see them, like, burying someone, and they're, like... In the sludge. And they, they just dump a body into this green sludge. And yes. Like, what, what, what is, is the sludge? Was it clay? Was it... Why is the sludge contained in that one area of the water? Does it, like, recycle the body into water? You know, water? what we need That's to do, thing. we need to read the novelization of water oh, to no. figure this out. Well, I see, I've heard that if you watch the deleted scenes, it explains a lot of the plot holes and the things that don't make sense. I, there is... I don't, I'm not going to do that. There is a fan edit. I've heard, they, yes, they the edit fan in edit. The, the Ulysses cut, where they edit in a lot of the deleted scenes that, that expands the world more. The Smoker's heard. Religious Beliefs, one of them, which Ooh. I think wasn't... Was, that was the other thing, is they have all they have this crude oil... In the in the Exxon Valdez, mm-hmm. but they never show a way that they can refine it to actually use it as motor oil for all of these motorized vehicles they have. Uh, so they just they just burned it pure. Th- that doesn't. That's not how that works. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit of an engineer. No, I, I, emphasis on a little bit. <laughs> Listen, I read the word engineer on the cover of a book once. <laughs> Damn it! You bested me again. <laughs> So they had these giant sets, and and they're filming, which I found this. Uh, they were filming in a large artificial seawater enclosure located in the Pacific Ocean. How's it artificial if it's located in the Pacific Ocean? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, they, they could border it off. I feel like that should still that's not kind of what artificial. they did for Titanic. They he set up a thing in Mexico, and they had sort of real water and then they had a giant like million gallon tank and maybe you know maybe Cameron learned from Waterworld maybe that's the the real gem here Ooh, yeah. is that Cameron saw all the all the terrible things that happened on Waterworld and said you know I'm gonna not make those mistakes on Titanic I don't think that's true at all I don't think I, I would be surprised if James Cameron ever saw Waterworld um, I think he has, obviously. It was a huge inspiration inspiration for him, for me, for everybody. Um, yeah, so one of the things that caused the production to balloon is they were destroyed by weather. A hurricane yes. took out one of their sets. I, be- I, thought, I believe I read that they actually cut a whole scene from the movie because yep. the set was ruined by a hurricane. The whole storyline, just because the, the whole thing was just destroyed. They didn't. Uh, they didn't spend any money or time researching the weather patterns of where they were going to be filming, and I think the main factor of why they shot there was because of the forty five hundred dollar a night oceanfront villa that uh, Kevin Ooh. Costner had to be put up in, mm. uh, with a, a butler and a chef and a private swimming pool. Because you know the oceans for the fucking. He's gonna swim around dogs. that gross sludge water. Yeah, that's. The uh, the crew lived in uninsulated condominiums. I mean, that sounds like an indie film thing. Like I, I could get that on a on a million dollar budget or less. But one hundred and seventy five million dollars, and you can't even go on like a, a normal hotel or like some I mean, basic apart. You could buy some a whole like condo building that's decent for in that money. And it says that the uh, in those those terribly uninsulated condominiums that the temperature would fluctuate fifty degrees. Um, 
Meanwhile, you look across the bay and you see <laughs> Kevin Costner going for a nude skinny yeah, dip right. in his heated pool. He's got like supermodels flown in. His butler bringing him a <laughs> martini. <laughs> um, and uh, I, I show so, you why I need those skin tight pants. So another thing I think you could get into of what went wrong on this film is the production and being just the drama between the crew and the people in charge. Yes. And just the, the poor planning. I mean, there was a lot a lot going on here that... And, it, I mean, Costner himself was a big problem. So I think there could have been... When you ask, could you have seen this coming? I think there could be a clue. It is vital to be extremely thorough at every step. Because sometimes an item that appeared to be insignificant will later prove to be of crucial importance. Not long before this, um, I think there's a clue in the movie Wyatt Earp. Kevin Costner wanted to make a movie about Wyatt Earp, and he was originally signed up to be in Tombstone and play oh, Wyatt wow. Earp. Wow. And Costner was not happy that the f- film wasn't entirely focused on Earp, as everybody knows Doc Holliday and the other interesting characters play a, a pretty good role mm. and have a lot of screen time. So Costner decided, I'm going to do my own Wyatt Earp movie. Oh. And he did the movie Wyatt Earp, which came out after Tombstone and was, before Waterworld, um, a, a flop for Costner. Mm. So you're going into Waterworld, and Costner's got these string of hits, and then just before, he brings out Wyatt Earp, where he tries to do his own tombstone, and he actually tried to use his clout, I read, to get the other studios to not distribute tombstone. (laughs) He said, you will show my Wyatt Earp. I don't think uh, 4,500 a night is enough to contain that ego. So I think at this point, yeah, we were talking about Costner was a bankable star, but that was also... Seemingly in Costner's head. Well, that, yeah, definitely uh, that string of success was clearly like, oh, man, I'm hot shit. You guys want me and everything, and I want to do what I want to do, so I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I'll give him credit. Allegedly, he put $22 million of his own money into Waterworld. Uh, where that money went, uh, who knows, but... The villa. <laughs> yeah, it all went Maybe he paid villa. for the villa himself. That's... The crew have been giving him, ragging on him all these years for no reason. And uh, another thing I think that adds to the, the kind of dilemma the crew was having or in the in the anger, the mutinous spirit in the making behind this film is I read there's no bathrooms on set. Oh, my God, yes. And that, that, I mean, so they have a 1,000-ton floating set and... Floating scrap metal. There's no bathrooms. I mean, you know, some people would just say, oh, I'll just go in the water. But, I mean, that's clearly an OSHA violation, for one. Uh, so they had, The water they're filming in. Yeah. Uh, hey, Kevin, I took a deuce over there where you, you're about to dive in 30 times. We have to redo a shot. Somebody's turd floated by. <laughs> Todd. <laughs> Todd. Uh, so what they, they got people out. They had boats, and they would... Um, they would ferry people to portable toilets on a barge anchored near the shore. Can you imagine how disgusting that barge was? <laughs> Just like a barge full of portageons sitting in the Hawaiian sun all day. There's probably Ooh. seagulls gathered around it, flies. 
Some poor PA that has to man it. Oh, God, yeah. You know there was a barge PA who just, like, sat there, had to sort of keep them clean. What did Costner do? Do you think Costner used the barge? Um, Do you think he had a yacht off, like, nearby? Costner had his own personal toilet that only he could use somewhere. (laughs) Shrouded in in duvetine. Yeah. No one used this but me. (laughs) So... And one of the other big dramas, of course, the crew, I mean, weren't the only people that I think were getting mutinous with Costner. Right. Um, Costner and Kevin Reynolds, the Kevin and Kevin connection, spoiled. Did not work out. Um, In fact, Reynolds became so upset with Costner that he reportedly left the movie before it finished shooting and Costner finished directing it himself. And uh, there's actually a quote that... uh, (laughs) Reynolds supposedly said Kevin should only star in movies he directs. That way he could work with his favorite actor and director. Ouch. And I think uh, I think some of that Dances with Wolves success is really what got that going. Yeah, definitely. Costner, if you Absolutely. feel differently, please contact us. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to invest in uh, any indie films. Please contact prove us. Prove us wrong. <laughs> prove us wrong. Um, well, that's the thing is like, I feel like, it, yes, the, the Wyatt Earp thing was a, a sign of maybe this project's not going to go so well, but I feel like the 36 rewrites uh, mm-hmm. is usually a sign, too. Now, to be fair, some of those rewrites could have happened as they were filming, which is not uncommon, but I think it's Such as something... sets being destroyed, so they have to yeah, switch things right. around. Yeah, you get a fly guy in with a typewriter to be on set. Typing away. Joss Whedon. Joss Whedon, yeah. They flew in Joss Whedon Flew him in. Seven weeks of hell, as he called it. Last minute rewrites. I mean, I wonder, did you find a a rough timeline of how long they actually shot? I saw that Costner was on set for 157 days. That. I did not. I would assume that that if if he was putting in the work, his would be pretty good. Yeah, I, I, I assume he was there for most days, if not. I mean, he's working six-day weeks, so, I mean, that's uh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, as much crap as I think people were giving Costner, I think he was putting in the effort. Yeah. He was working hard. He was putting up his own money to some degree. For some reason, he believed in this project Mm -hmm. wholeheartedly. (laughs) Which is interesting, because I believe, uh, like, Steve recently watched this movie, as we said. I haven't watched it, but I've seen it a lot of times. Um and Steve mentioned that you, you thought the Kevin Costner's character was kind of an asshole. Oh my god, movie. he's such a dick! Right from right off the start, he like kills a guy or leaves a guy for dead because he stole his tomatoes. I mean, granted, yeah, it's tomatoes are hard to come by, blah blah blah, because there's no land. But like, and then he he shows up in this town, floating town, and. He just, just doesn't give a damn he, for anyone. He he's an asshole to everybody. That's why I love him. And then, so then he ends the, and also spoiler alert, if you know, you haven't seen this movie and, <laughs> and you're like, no, I really want to, yeah. which you should. Uh, he like gets the, the kid with the tattoo that maybe leads to land. And this woman that was sort of her like guardian and they're on his boat and he's like, ah, I'm going to throw this kid over. Cause there's, all right. First of all, like he, he has this giant fucking, schooner it's like a tritune yeah whatever it's called it's really cool boat and this child that weighs not even 100 pounds 75 pounds i doubt is causing enough of a difference to slow him down 
Then, and he's like, I'm going to throw you both over. You're both slowing me down. And yeah, they had, they caused some hijinks that, you know, kind of. Dude, they're using his crayons. That shit's worth money. Yeah, the crayons. She uses the crayons to draw. Uh, like, yeah, but those are, that's remnants that he took from Denver, man. He went down <sighs> with his gills and he, he goes Didn't to the Denver. the crayons like dissolve in the water? I don't what, no, like, that's the good. thing. And then here's the other thing. Why is dirt so valuable? Because there's no dirt. But what, like, so what? There's no dirt. And then you get some dirt and you bring it in. Like, oh my God, he's got dirt. What, I'll, get, I'll trade you what everything. Do, what do they this. do with the dirt? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, what is, like, what's the, what's the point? What is the dirt? What are you going to use it for like a potted plant? It's yeah. yeah. I mean, potentially you it? get some seeds. I mean, like where are you going to get grow? the seeds from? There's obviously some plants left. So you got to supplement those plants with more plants. So you got to use the plants. I, mean, I guess you can create more plants and you're going to need the, dirt for that. The plants would still be underwater as you. So then we, we get a glimpse of, of the world of yesteryear on this incredibly ridiculous sequence where he, he has like a, like a weird, dome thing yeah put, he like puts her in an air bubble yeah it's like an air bubble you've, you could, you know you've probably done this in a swimming pool or something with a a raft or whatever mm. or whatever when hey. people walk under water yeah. with canoes and exactly movies. yeah you have an air bubble where you can sort of go deep so he takes her like i don't know six thousand feet below the water <laughs> he takes her far enough to where it's absurd that the pressure would not have gotten to her mm. for one it's denver that was denver and there i mean I'm denver is at a high altitude uh, in retrospect, uh, but we don't know how much water there was. We don't know. We don't know how far he had to take her. And even even though he has gills and can breathe underwater, I still feel like the pressure would have gotten to him too. Well, they actually used their pressure suppositories before they went underwater. That's not. Well, that's not even true. <laughs> it's not even. That's, that's uh, not obviously even in the somebody scenes. doesn't somebody doesn't watch Futurama and they oh, share right. continuity. Yes. Okay. Yeah. No. This was the inspiration for Futurama, that one episode yeah. where they go underwater. Yeah. Uh, so he takes her down to Denver to show her what it was. And is that where he implies that he got the dirt from? He just brings I it with assume. him and then dries it out? But also, I guess he could. He, you could also just say that's his show of showing of saying he also, go anytime, anywhere. All right, here's my other problem with the world of Waterworld. Where? I feel like we're in the wrong section for these comments. I don't care. <laughs> we've, we've covered why it went wrong. Let's just talk. Okay, so here's the other thing. It opened number one. Was number one for a second weekend. Probably it opened against the Net. You remember that? Uh, no. remember that film, the I, Net. I do not. Uh, it was. Um, it's about the internet. It was about the internet, starring uh, the interneting of your swim shorts. Starring Sandra Bullock. Now this was back when she was kind of a turd in everything she did. It was terrible. Mm. The Net being no exception. So it's next weekend. It dropped. 36% and no fucking way. You know, open that next weekend. What? Babe. Babe. Babe opened that next weekend. And I bet you that George Miller was so pissed off about his, his, the blatant ripoff of his <laughs> Mad Max movies. And then he crushed it with he Babe. Was like, Babe. And he didn't though. Babe oh. opened at eight, but it only opened in 1500 theaters. Um, I feel like Babe was a, Slow burn? Nope, it did not. I mean, it stayed around, but no, it never got up into the high. Uh... And then Mortal Kombat came out after that. Oh, Ooh. man, I saw that in theaters. Oof. Um, so my point is it it dropped pretty quickly. 
It dropped 36% into its second weekend with some not huge competition. I mean... Dropped another 36%. After seven weeks, it was out of the earning $1 million. And it... Yeah, and it, it, it... I think word of mouth. And I think that goes to the larger point of the story and the film and the character of Mariner. So one one point I was going to get in I think yeah to kind of summarize this under in the in you know in what went wrong is we talked about the production but as we're talking about now was it just not good <laughs> yes <like> absolutely <laughs> is what went wrong it not being good and I think all of those examples of the issues they had lended themselves to it not being good I mean the rewrites alone it's just you start mishmashing all these different visions together, and you're just not in a you're not setting yourself up for success there at all. I know I might not be the best person to ask if this movie is good since I did own this movie on DVD. Oh God. I was the one person in the world that bought it. <laughs> um, well, uh, I only saw it advertised on video cassette, so I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm sure the DVD was a really crappy rip of the video cassette. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, personally, I dig the movie. Uh, I don't think it gets the hate it deserves. I mean, I don't think it deserves the hate <laughs> it gets. Do you think this is, do you think this should be like a room type of movie where it should be like you love to hate it and, and get together and watch it and like roast it? I don't know. I don't think it's that bad because the room is, is, is so blatantly yeah. bad, but it's trying to be good. Right. And I think this movie is more than competent in most of the things it does. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Let's, let's is talk about the, like, Specifics. In cases of contact violence, clean under the fingernails, collecting the scrapings from each in a separate container, and marked with an identifying label. Dennis Hopper, his villain, he reminded me of a villain from Star Fox 64. Hmm. So that's the last version of Star Fox I ever played. But uh, it just like has like these really like stupid lines all the time, and he's just a. St- I don't know. He's very two-dimensional and very stupid. I think, well, I think Hopper's really kind of, like they say, chewing the scenery in this yeah, movie. Yes, absolutely. I mean, but I think mean, that comes with the role, I think. See, I think the tone maybe is a little, because I think people like Hopper are playing it real corny. Yes. And then Costner's playing the role so that's, seriously. Yeah, that's the thing. Costner, to his credit, or maybe detriment to the film, doesn't chew the scenery. He really, like, he's very... It's very He's like serious. This just asshole. <laughs> Does he have an accent at some point? I don't believe so. I felt like he had an accent, and I was like, "What is he like? What is he supposed to be?" He just sounds like he doesn't give a damn the whole movie. And that's the and maybe that's he thought that's what the character because clearly he gave a damn about this film. Yeah, to like go through all the shit think, to make it, but like he, he thought the character was just like ah nah brah. See, that's why I find it interesting. I like characters that are hard-edged. I like characters that aren't just like, he's not like, you got to save the girl because that's the right thing to do. And then he has, but then he has this weird, like, ah, I'm going to teach her to swim moment that, like, turns his opinion. Because he's such a hard guy, then he sees just how how soft Can we talk about is, the right? point where can't even swim. he almost trades away the woman to be used for sex? For some for paper? Some paper? And then just for some reason decides, ah, nah, I'm not going to let that happen. Well, he saw, he saw them together and, you know. Did he, he though? They go down like underneath the boat and the, the crazy guy, he's like a crazy trader guy. And he's like, oh, I've got. Yeah, that paper. character is fun though. He's like real goofy. He was, he was really good. Had to like, just like talk to himself half the time. He talked, he 
acted like a man whose brain has been fried by the sun from sailing for his whole yes. fucking life. No, I, that's... I don't... <laughs> my point is, like, why... <laughs> and then he kills the guy anyways after he's like, nah, you're not going to have sex with her. And he's... I'm he gonna, kills him with a tiny knife, too. I'm going to keep your paper. Does he keep the paper? What does he Yeah, he, he loots his whole boat. Yeah, that's right. He does steal a bunch of shit from him. Yeah, well, dude's dead. Might as well. Yeah, no, I mean, I got that point. But it was just like, why... What is the... Like, what was the paper? Like, what... It's a novelty. Like, it doesn't... It's not useful for anything. Good. Well, I have a... I don't know. I have a feeling he probably can't read. I was going to say he could read, write stuff. <laughs> Color stuff. I don't know. You can't read. I mean, the toilet paper aspect. That's probably (laughs) under start fires. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They, the city had like electricity. Did it? I don't remember that. Yeah. They like turn some lights on and shit and they do like, that's it. That's another point. Where are all of, say, like the cruise ships? Because this clearly happens after a time when. That shit would have been around. Mm, yeah. Like, where are the cruise ships? Why is it people could be living on those? Yeah, I mean, that's it's a like floating a, city right there. The bar, or not the barge, the uh, the, the tanker survived. Yeah, the tanker survived. Despite all the holes in it. The other, the other big giant. Speaking of holes, the giant plot hole to this whole thing is that even if the ice caps all melted, it would only raise the ocean by like a couple hundred feet. Well, you have to suspend your disbelief. <laughs> yes, there. clearly you have to suspend your disbelief there. Also, did you notice? Jack Black in this movie. I did. Yeah. I was about to oh, text you at one yeah. point. I was like, was that Jack Black? And then he never saw him again. And I was like, ah, maybe it was. Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, one of Jack Black's earlier roles in a movie that people may not know. And he just, uh, he was just like, did he even have a line? I believe he yells something like, <laughs> yeah, he's down there. Because he's flying the plane. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, good old Jack Black. Right. And he had that, that turn as like an arms dealer in The Jackal. Yeah, man. He was around longer than people think. I know. He was, he's been acting for a lot longer than people think. Uh, it wasn't just Tenacious D that put him on the map. Yeah. See, that's where all their money went was Jack Black. That's, yeah. Clearly. For a role that he, uh, you barely notice. But, so there's no, there's no cruise ships. There's no, where's the scuba gear? Like, you could go scuba dive. Where's the submarines? You the feel- submarines would have survived. Yeah, well, you know, that's a sequel. That was, they're going to get into they that go in down. Waterworld 2. You take a submarine down. More water. You grab some some apple trees. and uh, Apple trees are dead. They're buried under salt I don't know. Water. You grab something <laughs> with some seeds in it. I mean, would the seeds go bad soaking in salt water for... Yeah, probably. It's probably been a yeah. long time. Well, I mean, you could we still go down and like don't salvage have, things. Yeah. We don't have a timeline, but one of Norway, the production the designers was quoted as saying they they believe the year was twenty five hundred. Yes, right. I saw that. I okay, but but still. you do feel like the the melting of the ice caps would be a, a, a gradual process. Yes, you think people probably could have prepared in some regards. Absolutely, <laughs> like hey, the water is like, coming. There was a giant solar flare that just hit the Earth and just boom incinerated all of the polar caps and. But even that, like, that's a temporary event that probably would have reversed at some point. I don't know. There's, there's too many plot holes in, the, in that aspect to critic- be overly critical. I think the, the blatant <clears throat> ripping off of Mad Max to, and doing it kind of poorly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's a lot of practical stunts in this film, which I appreciate, but I think... A lot of cool jet ski tricks. Yeah, just some of it is so, like, silly and so... 
so like I don't know, mediocre. He's like, oh, they ramp off, and then all of a sudden he like hits this like random spot and explodes, and you're like Why that was the explode that? spot. You don't know about the explode <laughs> spot? <laughs> it's like well, my favorite part at the very end when uh, he bungee jumps off of a blimp. Oh yeah, there's blimps. There's blimps. There's no. Uh, there's no. Um, you talking about the old man, old crazy man's the blimp. old crazy man blimp that he had as an escape Who, like, vehicle for some reason. Did that guy like? Believe in the water world mythos or something? I mean, the dry world. Yeah, like, yeah, he was all religion. about the dry world. It's like dry world. Is it dirty, a religion? Dirty land. Dirty land. What are you? Dirty land. Dirty. We gotta get to dirty land. But <laughs> <laughs> so he bungee jumps off of the blimp. And why? Like, why was there a bungee cord there in the first place? Um, because the dude, old dude, loved bungee jumping. I guess he's like, ah, oh, I'm gonna fly this blimp around. I ain't nothing else. I got to bungee down to get some fish. Yeah, man. He bungees down. Like that's really, the, there you go. He bungees down, grabs like the a fl- terrible fish, way to fish back up. Uh, so he bungee jumps down and snatches the girl who's like floating as three jet skis are about to come in and get her. Yeah, and it's all Dennis driving Hopper, full speed right at each other. <laughs> Dennis Hopper and two of his lackeys on a jet ski, <laughs> on jet skis, and they're all driving full speed at each other. Because I I don't know what like are they gonna just plow into her like what was the final plan like, even if she hadn't been hadn't been bungee snatched out, out of the air <laughs> out of the water by a bungee jumping Kevin Costner just so absurd that that's the sentence <laughs> <laughs> she and then they all collide but like it's so like from what I remember I like watched it once maybe I, maybe I'm wrong on this but it just looked like they all get to, like, the same point, and then all the jet skis explode but don't actually collide. It just looked like a very badly done special effect. It's just all like, oh, they collide, boom. Like, nobody turned. Like, nobody thought, oh, I'm going to turn. But, like, what would have happened if the girl was still there? They all would have just smashed into the girl. They all would have killed her. And killed her and killed themselves. (laughs) And then no one goes to the dirty land. Oh, yeah, maybe that was their point. They said, you know, if we don't get her, nobody does. But that clearly did not have to be the outcome of that (laughs) scenario. So, uh, so we talked about the ways that this that this did not go well. What things that went wrong? But uh, let me pose you this, Steve. Oh God, could this have been prevented? Scissors are useful for cutting along the angle of the mandible. Care should be used to avoid severing the carotid artery. I mean, that's yeah, probably. I don't know. It's see, I think it's tough because I think one of the biggest things is. Obviously, this could have been prevented if things went according to plan. Because if they didn't add that $75 million to the budget, which they never planned it in the first place, then this wouldn't be as big of a failure as it was. Right. And it, it could have been more successful. Like, if, if things had gone as planned, maybe the film is actually better. Yeah. Maybe they get to... Maybe there's extra storylines that are better that they don't have to... Re- like. It's, it'd be interesting to see if there was like an actual like production diary timeline of like what went wrong when and like what changes were made to just to count for that. Like, oh, we, Joss Whedon came in and was that was that before? I, they said last minute, but like that could have been two months into filming. It could have been mm-hmm. two weeks before. Like, it's hard to it's hard to say what that actually was. And we don't know all of what that inflated budget went to. Some yeah. of it was because of weather issues. I mean, they some of it, but maybe some of it was because somebody had the idea to, for a cool new bungee jumping scene. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's <laughs> maybe that wasn't in the original. Maybe they're like, oh, we got to go underwater to underwater Denver, and it's uh, it's uh, gonna cost a lot of VFX money <laughs> to do that. 
Uh, which I, I'll, I'll say this though, like there aren't as much VFX um, as you would have had if you'd have made this movie today. Mm-hmm. There would have been a lot more VFX, oh, yeah. and I think to its detriment to some extent. The tone and the the style of it, it it looks it looks very '90s though, and it's the cinematography and just the just a lot of things about it. But it, it's it's all practical for the most part. I mm-hmm. mean, obviously they get to points that aren't, but. It's it's more of like what happened in the early '90s with films, is that they were mostly practical effects with a little bit of embellishment with VFX, which I kind of liked, which I think is a style that has been an art that has been lost. Like you look at Terminator, you look at Jurassic Park, where they had animatronics coupled with visual effects, and this was in that same line. It's just the story was so bonkers. Well, I think visual effects always work best when they're um, kind of the frosting on the cake yes do as much as you can production i mean uh physically whatever and then clean it up with visual effects yeah i mean that's uh so i who knows how much money went to there who knows how much money just went to overtime extra shooting days like that's the thing is without knowing the shooting schedule is supposed to be and if you lost sets to weather you clearly lost shooting days to weather Mm -hmm. so you're definitely going over on that all that stuff if the set was moving because of the water the water which is a thing they didn't account for they had to like the set would things would move when they didn't want them to in shots like you're definitely going to be going into overtime which is going to cost all sorts of money it's all it all adds up you get behind so uh so could have been prevented it could have been prevented but I just don't know what that movie looks like. Did they ever... I'm surprised this hasn't been redone as like a sci-fi original series. Yeah, that would... I think you could expand this. You could totally take this universe and do something with it. Uh, Sci-fi, I have a spec script ready. Give me a call. (laughs) Uh, Is it called Dirty Land? (laughs) It's called uh, World of Water, The Search for Dirty Land. World of Water, (laughs) The Search for Dirty Land. There's not enough TV shows with subtitles... uh, out there, especially on sci-fi. That's mm. all like one word now. Yeah. Well, two words. We could shorten the Dirty Land if they want. Dirty Land. Dirty Land would sell, at least for Dirty Land. first viewing. I mean, I, yeah, I don't, what do you think, what do you think could have prevented this from being bust? I mean. Maybe if you didn't have Kevin Costner, but if you don't have Kevin Costner involved, do you have this movie at all? That's a good question. That's the better question. Because he, he really was like all about it. I mean, we from what we've seen, the, his work ethic and his own his own money that he put up when he had to. Kevin Costner was driving this movie. Yeah. Um, if he would have let, I would have been interested to see though if he would have let Reynolds just do his thing. Yeah. And he would have not been so so hands on and pushy. Um, but you know, and then if the weather would have went the way they wanted, um, or if they would have shot somewhere where they actually had more control what the weather was going to be like yeah maybe some in a more artificial place so yeah i think this could have been prevented i think i don't know how much of a su- success it would have changed much i think that comes down to the story itself and i th- it, i think it was just too ridiculous frankly for some people yes um i think yeah the, the tone is just so weird because like you said dennis hopper's playing it like it's a it's a schlocky sci-fi movie mm-hmm which it is, but then Kevin Costner comes in here like looking for an Oscar. You know, honest. I think honestly, if they changed it to more of a family family movie adventure, 
it would have sold better. Yes. And and a lot of kids would have watched it. That's the thing. It was rated R, wasn't it? It was. Because <sighs> there's like, there's nudity. Oh, it was PG-13. So I guess that was back in the bad old days when little little innocent boob or butt still yeah. got you a PG-13. But this is a pretty serious and grim movie overall. <laughs> it's very, yeah. And it could have been a, a very easily been a family fun adventure and something that that a bunch of people now would love and it would be in the the nostalgia bandwagon. But since it was so kind of dark, it didn't get that crowd. Yeah. Except for little Matt watching it. Yeah. <laughs> he even, the crazy guy even tries to like barter to have sex with the, the child. It's like, whoa, mm. like you really, this is some dark shit in this movie. Yeah. And I believe there, there's reference to slavers and, uh, yes, they were supposed to be in it more. I feel like that's the, the storyline they lost yes, to the set getting destroyed. I believe the so. slavers. So, yes, I think ultimately, you, you know, you could have prevented this. It, try, it tried too hard to be to be like Mad Max also. Because um, one of the... And this was a decade after The Road Warrior came out. Mm-hmm. Like, it, even, you know, seven years... Uh, Beyond Thunderdome, which I actually have never seen. See, <laughs> and Beyond Thunderdome though strikes more of that kid-friendly tone. And isn't it isn't it less like a chase movie and more of like a we're gonna defend this place? Beyond Thunderdome, yeah, yeah. He finds um, it's like a tribe of people, a tribe of kids, and, oh, okay, and, and that are living out in the wilderness. And so yeah, I mean that Thunderdome, that I, I think it tried so hard to be like it had some of like the camera moves of like the the zooming in or like pushing in on faces and like really aggressive, um, like when they're doing the chases or they weren't, they weren't like, it was like they, they come to the city and attack and, uh, what what is this image on IMDb? It's like a face. It looks like somebody's editing Godzilla's head. I guess. Behind (laughs) Kevin Costner surfing. I don't think, uh, I don't think anyone's checked this page in a while to realize. If you uh, go to the IMDb page and look at the images that scroll to the top, and there's one where he's he's like driving the his boat, and there's just clearly a, a badly a badly photoshopped Godzilla head or like a fish head <laughs> popping out of the water behind. Uh, that's great. Uh, <laughs> that's good stuff. Um, but yeah, it, I think it, it tried to be a poor man's Mad Max on water, and even though they spent an ungodly amount of money. Um, and mm. you should just leave that to George Miller to do. Yep. Should have made it more whimsical. Yeah. Some whimsy and maybe less, um, rape. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Usually you don't want to put those hand in hand. Yeah. That really made it awkward with the kid. You never knew what was going to go on with her and these, yeah, these, and I was like, these she, starved men. Is she going to die? It's like, I was not at all. I wouldn't have been surprised if he just pitched her over the side. Or he just, actually does. He does throw her in the water. Mm-hmm. That's right. She's like, he gets pissed at her for what? Using the crayons or doing something. And he, he just tosses her off the boat. And then the woman's like, oh, my God, she can't swim. And Dennis Hopner uh, threatens to uh, just skin her back in order to get the map. Yeah. I, you know, like, couldn't somebody just... Um, just copy it. Just write it down. Just, just write it. Yeah. I mean, I know paper's hard to come by, but, like, get a plank of wood... Or a piece of metal. Maybe smear, smear something on someone else's back. Smear some <laughs> of that weird uh, clay goo shit that's in that burial ground. Fun fact, though, uh, the uh, I believe it's Japanese that's on her back. And the, the according to the trivia, 
Um, it actually is the longitude and latitude for Mount Everest. Yeah, and that's that. Honestly, I thought that as a joke. Um, uh, at the end, like there's going to be a sign that said, "You've reached however many feet." Mount Everest and like Well you would be right, but they cut it out. It's a deleted scene. Oh, okay. <laughs> See, I mean that that was the only logical thing if they're actually on planet Earth, because th- that it was called Earth, but you know, it's not anymore. Uh it maybe they went to Mount Everest because you know that's super fucking tall, so like you might be able to survive that. Or you might there might be part of it that's still above the water. Um so apparently that is spoiler alert also, in the end they do find Mount Everest, and it's the looks, land. It looks shocking, shockingly a lot like a Hawaiian island. Yeah, oddly enough, very, very a lot of vegetation or, um, from the top uh, of a rocky mountain, or like the Jurassic Park islands, wherever they actually shot those. But uh, I guess if it's if it really is the year twenty five hundred, the the climate and the high water would have changed enough that maybe all of that vegetation would have grown. So I'll give them that one. I'll give them that point. I didn't really understand. Were those the girl's parents that are, like, the skeletons in the shack? Um, I'm not sure if those are supposed to be her parents or just people from her tribe oh, okay. that sent her out. Uh, with, without the, the paper version of the uh, tattoo. Well, <laughs> they didn't clearly, have paper. They did. They were, there was <laughs> copies of it, like, sitting on, in oh. their stuff on the table of the, the dead people. Like, oh, well, the, the paper would have got wet. There's water everywhere. You know, didn't they make paper out of, like, leather back in the day? What? Didn't they make paper or like parchments out of out of out of hide? Possibly. That were more like yeah. durable. That could have survived. They made. They, I, I believe know. parchment. Well, it was different than paper. I, th- I feel I like you could have taken some leather though and been like, "I'm gonna." Where are they getting this leather? Were there animals in that island? She she draws animals the whole time oh, with the crayons. Right. They're like, "What are you drawing?" Where did she see those animals? Because did we not? She yeah. sees them when she was a kid, when she was still there. I don't know. They don't yeah. ever tell you exactly what the girl's deal was and how she ended up off the island or the Mount Everest. That's the least of the concerns. Like, you figure they're going to find land. Like, honestly, if they didn't. Because he's like, oh, yeah, I'm going to take you to land. I'll take you to land. And then he takes, them, he takes to, him to Denver, to Denver underwater. which is submerged. Hey, it's land. It's just underwater. Why this didn't he just say is. that? Like, there is no land. You have to swim down and get it. Why, why take them? Because you show. You don't tell, Steve. Storytelling one But he's being chased by the bad guys who want to just... The girl, like... Uh, I don't know. Maybe, he, maybe in his heart he believed that there was actually dry land. But then he doesn't stay. But he doesn't have a heart. Oh, yeah, he doesn't stay. That's the other. He, he leaves. Because he is a fish man. He is not meant for land. He's not meant... Yeah, he gets uneasy being on the land. He needs to go out into the water swim and collect crayons so ultimately the movie did not turn out what they wanted it to be um you don't know that maybe costner loves this fucking thing <laughs> you maybe costner watches puts this, this movie on his home theater with his butler and his <laughs> private chef that gets him to cook up a special big thing of blubber you like, think he was on uh he was on man of steel and he's like you guys want to go back to my trailer watch Waterworld? <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's like listen zach zach I know you're doing a fine job shooting this, but let me let me let me show you something. I got you might get some uh, some ideas. Yeah, some you might tips. get some cool ideas. I'll make this better. Maybe a little more rape here and there. Next, rectal temperature. So, the aftermath of this movie, I feel is interesting because this was a bomb. 
this was a big hit for I think for Costner because Costner never reached the heights that he had before really again after this. Is that true? I get it. I, I should have done more research into that, but that it, it seems. I feel like he went into more niche type of role projects after this. All right. Let's well, take a look at the old IMDb. Look, this is a string of not long after this, he did For the Love of the Game. Not, um, a, not a big success. $46 million it made on an $80 million budget. $80 million in that movie? Yeah. Man. What, like, right. How much did MLB get out of that? Because they, they definitely used... Right after that, he did 13 Days. Uh, it, it earned $66 million on an $80 million budget. Ouch. Right after that, he did 3,000 Miles to Graceland. Which were earned only eighteen point seven million dollars. I feel like that one is on a, a sixty-two million. Isn't that version. one like a a critical hit? Wasn't that movie liked by people? Possibly, but uh, still not earning money. Yeah, no, right, of course. And then, and then, he not right after that, not long after that, he did Dragonfly, which earned, uh, which came in just below budget. It was fifty-two million. It made fifty-two million, and mm. it cost sixty million. Wait, where did where did Tin Cup fall in on this? Tin Cup came right after, and did, Tin Cup was a success. You probably shot that before Waterworld. Possibly, it came out in '96, right yeah. after Waterworld. Uh, it was a success, as was Message in a Bottle, which came out in '99. Both of those romances, ah. and then he had another hit. Wow, okay, Tin Cup romance mm. is is generous. All right, well, it's classified. Have you seen Tin well. Cup? No, but it's classified as romance. Ah, that is a. That is a that is a poor just like a, mm, all right. It's about golf more than anything. <laughs> yeah, there's a you like can't a, be in love with golf. There's a storyline like a love story there, but it's it's about golf. But that's it. You need the love story apparently to be a success. Well, that's I mean that's where our western because you also had success with Open Range uh, in 2003. Yeah. I never did see that. I enjoyed Open Range, but I love westerns. Yeah, I mean, and of course, Dances with the Wolves. Which was well before that, but yeah. maybe Costner should stick with romances and westerns, is what I'm saying. But the interesting thing is, like I said, Costner, after Waterworld, Costner was never at the height of what he was no. again. No, yeah, totally. But that, I still don't think he learned, because Costner did not, his ego was still was still there. And Costner said, you know what, My last po- that post-apocalyptic movie on water didn't work, but that wasn't my fault. Because then... <laughs> Two years later, he does The Postman, which oh he directed this time. He, he was like, I mean, I'm going to do it myself. Lesson. He's just like, you know, I'm going to direct this thing. He's like, I'll show you how to do a post-apocalyptic movie right. And The Postman was a huge bomb, way bigger bomb than Waterworld ever was. And that at least was based off of a novel. Didn't help. Did not help. Not at all. Postman only made $21 million, and it cost $80 million. Mm. I want to know how much of that of these budgets is going to him. Like he's got to be. He probably had to have had a big, a big ask at some point. Yeah, and up until a point, and then they're like, after ah. Waterworld, though, he's still demanding like ten million dollar salary. No, I mean maybe, maybe that's the thing. Is like everyone's allowed to have a stinker here and there. That's and true. It just <laughs> turned into a trend. But he had Wyatt Earp right before Waterworld, which I think everybody wrote off. Oh, yes, that's true. Tombstone just beat you to the punch. It's yeah. not your fault. It was Costner. a competing. Yeah, it was like you had. It was like Deep Impact and Armageddon. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know which one of those actually was more successful. I would assume Armageddon is is more remembered. I, I don't think so. But I, 
I can't say it made more money. Are probably you, did. Our current, like, uh, we had the two Jungle Book movies recently, but the second one has still not come out. Oh, yeah. Andy Serkis's Jungle Book. Ah, uh, see, I feel like that might be better. I feel like, like they're Andy waiting. Serkis. I feel like, because the other one was such a Maybe bigger they'll hit. trick people into thinking it's a sequel. Ooh, yeah. Of the, of the Disney one. <laughs> Call it Jungle Books. Jungle people Books. People think it's yeah. a sequel. They'll just be like, oh, this is a very... Oh, it's like an Alien Aliens thing. I get it. Uh, yeah. Clearly... Costner should just stay away from the post-apocalyptic genre. And he has, uh, as far as I can tell. And truly, has the genre worked for anybody? It's a uh, tough genre. It is a tough genre. I mean... Mad Max. George Miller, yeah. It's a <laughs> Leave it to George. If the body is to be refrigerated prior to autopsy, use paper bags to help prevent condensation. All right, so we've looked at all the things, but there's one thing yet to decide. Oh, no. We're looking at the body, Steve. We're investigating it. But what wounds were fatal? Uh, cause of death. What was the cause uh, of death cause of, of death. Waterworld? I got to go with just the the story. It just... Ooh, really? Yeah. I'm a, I think it debuted at number one. It stayed at number one for two weeks. I think bad word of mouth, and especially in the early 90s where you could still... You could sustain a film in theaters for a lot longer. There's less stuff coming mm. out. There's less competition of... There's no, there's no Netflix. There's no online. There's not yeah. as big of a rental. The studios had more control over all of that stuff. So it's like you don't got a rival pushing you out two weeks later, like yeah. ev- like we do now. And it dropped pretty quick, pretty substantially. And I think if it had been, if it had that whimsy and had a better story, I think it would have done better and sustained and made money because it wasn't that far off of being. Not a bomb, but uh, I think that was the biggest thing. I think word of mouth back then would have been, oh, this is the new, the new Mad Max. So to you, the fatal blow is the story. Yes. See, I think, uh, I think you have a, a, a strong point. Um, I do think it's not the concept, I don't think you could say, because the concept got right. people in there for yeah. an opening day, for opening weekend number one. People were intrigued. Yes. But it didn't deliver. Yes. But, so the concept, I think, solid. The execution, not so much. But I'm going to say, I think the fatal blow is shooting on water. Yeah. I think that's what killed them. I think they would have never had this huge budget. It still wouldn't have been a runaway success, but they would have made some sort of profit. Could have had like a direct-to-DVD sequel or VHS. Yeah, and I think we would have been looking at something different. Uh, It wouldn't have gotten the bad word of mouth. Uh, When the production budget ballooned, all the all the news media's that cover movies started running with it. It got all the names like Kevin's Gate before the movie yeah. even came out. I did. I mean, people wanted it to fail. Do people pay that much attention back then? Do people? I don't even think people pay that much attention now. Maybe more so then because there's just more coverage and more access. More coverage and more the internet allows yeah, people to be totally tuned in. And there's more like things get out easier. But I don't know. I mean, maybe that affected some people, but I still feel like there was like a, ah, I'll go see it anyways. Maybe it's not so bad. Maybe it's not yeah. as crazy from what all these stories told. Cause but I'm at, just, but if, um, if they didn't have all these problems shooting in water, it would have never led to those issues. But then you don't have the, the story of Waterworld. Like, what do exactly. you, yeah. what do you do? Yeah. What is, like, what do you, do you shoot in a, a tank on a green screen, a water tank and, I think you you definitely have shot in a big artificial tank. Uh, that might have. I but mean, even then, all that still would have cost a fuck ton of money, as James Cameron learned not <laughs> four years later. Yeah, um, I think 
Maybe don't shoot in water unless you're James Cameron, because he found the he found the way. You know what they should have done? They should have forced a sappy romance love story into Waterworld, because that's what the audiences want. That's, that's what they what want from Kevin Costner. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's the works for Titanic and for Kevin Costner, because like if you look at the after that, all the movies and even The Bodyguard is a romance, mm-hmm. and like that's his bread and butter. People want to see ladies macking on Costner. We, we didn't get that. We haven't even we never even touched on on uh, Field of Dreams, which is not necessarily a romance, but there's like it's a more heartfelt story. I think that. Maybe that was the other thing is like hard-edged asshole Kevin Costner is just like, oh, this guy, I don't want to sit here and watch this guy. Well, it's because nobody melted his heart. He needed to start hard-edged. No, have the a, little girl a like steamy melts love his heart, he have a, Yeah, but that's a little girl. That's oh, yeah, that's only. true. See, Titanic found that sweet spot of having something for the dudes when they're like, dude, Titanic's awesome. Everybody's like dying. The ship's falling. The yeah. dude hits the fucking propeller. Right. <laughs> and then also had the something for the ladies. And see, Waterworld, if you had had that forced romance story, maybe the ladies show up, see wet Kevin Costner <laughs> slowly stripping off them leathers. Yeah, that's... And that's then you still have point. jet skis exploding into you each other for the fellas. You still get the jet skis and the, the, the copious amounts of gunfire <laughs> that they have. Also, can we talk about the smokers real quick? We never really got into that. Like, They smoke cigarettes, like, ton, which another another, like, goof thing that pointed out was like, oh, paper's so rare in a commodity, but yet they have all these cigarettes and smoke them like, nah, it's just whatever. But there was a point that like, oh, well, maybe they just don't care because they're, they're sort of like pirates, I guess you could say. They just yeah. steal shit from people. But they have all this alcohol and they have cars that they drive around on the, the low decks of the Exxon Valdez. It's just abuse. Well, they're like, uh, you know, they're abusers, kind of. Like you abuse drugs, you yes. abuse things, and yes. they they abuse everything they have. They, abuse they use it to the everything. extreme. They yes. don't think about the generations to come. They don't care if they use it all up. Honestly, maybe a movie that was more focused on the smokers would have been more interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's what I said. Waterworld, the TV series. Let's get on this. Expand all this. I I'm I'm shocked really that sci-fi. I I bet sci-fi probably is like at one point like oh we should develop Waterworld. This is not nah. Maybe Costner holds toxic. the rights and he wants a bunch of money. That's a good it. point, actually. Costner might have... It might be too expensive to get that from him to uh, to actually turn it into something else or to make a sequel or to do... I, I don't think they'd do a sequel, but... You never know. You never know what they're going to make a sequel out of these days, actually. There'll be a Postman sequel before... Uh, <laughs> See, that's what I'm saying. If they would, if this would have had that that charm that appealed to kids, we would yeah. have been living in a water world nostalgia. Right, it would now. have been a water world. Yeah, always, always, always a water world, always and forever. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Twitter at AT Report Pod. Smash those shares and likes, and if you throw in a tweet, Steve will send you a recent pic. And while you're on iTunes, don't forget to leave us a review, five stars preferably. Review, show us your love, and we all just want to be, want to be loved. But don't stray too far. Next time, we'll throw another movie on the slab right here on The Autopsy Report. There's an oddity in the numbers where actually if you're looking by the week-by-week breakdown, um, in week 14 
it jumped up 547%. What the hell? And expanded from 110 theaters to 666 theaters, which is the devil's number, by the way. Oh, wow. And I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know why this happened. And if you look at the date, it says that's on October 27th. Yeah. So like a big Halloween push for Waterworld or I, something? Maybe. But who expands the movie like 13 weeks in? Oh my god, 13 weeks is when they expanded it to 666. There's some occult oh my shit god. going on here. <laughs> and then he made a film called 13 Days. And then he, oh my god, Kevin Costner. I think Kevin Costner is a Satanist. Confirm. <laughs> That's like the stamp coming oh, down right. that says confirm. Yes. Kevin Costner's Satanist. 